Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Grant Thornton has recently published a report entitled The Economic Cost of Cybercrime. But how is the rising prevalence of cybercrime affecting Irish businesses and how can they protect themselves against an attack? Mike Harris, partner for Cybercrime Services in Grant Thornton, joins me now to discuss this issue in more detail. Mike, how would you describe what's happening in Ireland today from a cybercrime perspective? Thank you, Carol. Good morning. Yeah, no problem. I suppose our survey found that the economic cost of cybercrime in Ireland is about €9.6 billion per year. And what does that tell us? It tells us that there's a huge amount of cybercrime going on in Ireland. And we've seen massive increases in the amount of cybercrime and the number of attacks in the last number of years. Cybercrime is typically carried out by large to medium-sized organised crime gangs who target organisations of all shapes and sizes. I think this is important because this is something we've definitely seen in Ireland in the last number of years. It's not just large multinational organisations. It's not just financial services organisations. It's organisations of all shapes and sizes that have been targeted by cyber criminals. They can carry out lots of attacks, some of which are unsuccessful, but they only need a small few of them to work in order for them to make their money. Ransomware, which is where you come in on a, fr- on a Monday morning into your office, you turn your computers on and there's a pop-up on the screen telling you that they've taken away access to your systems and you have to pay a ransom of some description in order to get data back. And the number of SMEs that I've seen in the last year that have to face exactly that situation has, has grown massively. COVID must have been of benefit to these cyber criminals because so many people were working remotely. And one of the interesting stats that I read in your own survey was that 43% of employees face no restrictions whatsoever accessing work-related documents remotely. So tell us about some of the exposure attached to that. Yeah, you make a very good point. Like in the last, you know, since, since March 2020, Obviously, COVID has been a massive part of our, our, our lives. And for the organisations that could do it, big and small, they've mo- moved in, in many cases into remote working. And, you know, they've, they've spent on technology to facilitate that. But more often than not, they've just made it work and they haven't thought about the security concerns that come with it. So if you don't control access to data, obviously there's a risk that someone other than an employee can access that data. In addition, you know, the employee is sitting at home. So the decisions around do I click on that link in that email or not? Do I open that attachment on that email or not? There's no one to discuss that with. So they're more likely than not to actually click on the link or to open the attachment and potentially run malware on their employer systems. And that's a big risk that we've seen to increase dramatically, driven exactly by COVID. And the other piece is the attackers are using COVID itself to send phishing emails. We've all seen this phishing email saying, contact the HSE immediately, you'll be in a close contact, or... Um, are, are, are similar types of emails. And they're using COVID and concerns about COVID as a method of making individuals click on those things and making them do something insecure on their IT systems. On the topic of passwords, we're seeing a lot of focus today on two-factor authentication, which has to be welcomed. But one third of employees are using the same password for work and personal devices. Absolutely. And we, we've seen that as a trend over the last number of years. And even even... Even if people think about themselves and how they operate on the internet, people tend to share passwords because they've got a password that it's easy to remember and they don't want to have to be thinking of passwords all the time. So they use that across a number of different sites and including maybe some of their work, their work access. The challenge of that is if one of those websites on the internet gets compromised you know, and gets hacked, the, the attackers will, will potentially get a copy of those, um, those passwords. And in fact, there are large databases of compromised passwords 
um, available on the internet. You can actually go on them and type your email address in there and see if there's any compromised passwords associated with your email address. And that just shows the extent of this. And how much of a problem is it that employees are using their own personal devices for work and also their own personal email addresses? Yeah, I think it is becoming an increasing problem. And as I said, I think it's driven a lot by the remote working within COVID. So you have organisations, particularly small and medium-sized organisations, that haven't made the spend in IT and maybe don't, as a matter of course, have employees with emails. So they end up using their own emails. In, in those cases, there's obviously not the same controls you would have in place. You mentioned two-factor. So rather than just having a simple password, you can put a password and maybe a number in a text message that you get that allows you to get access. That's much more secure. But more often than not, that just, is, that just isn't in place. And that leads back to the problem I just talked about, where if there's large databases of username and passwords compromised already on the Internet, you don't a two-factor, then it's potentially easier for the attackers to get into your systems. And it seems that two types of cybercrime are costing us the most money here in Ireland, and that's ransomware and tax fraud. Yeah, I think it's, it's tax fraud is interesting because that's a fraud that would have gone on for years and years anyway, even before the advent of IT and the internet. But it's one of these crimes that sort of migrated to being a, from being a paper-based crime to being a much more technology-based crime. Um, ransomware, you're absolutely right. That's, there's been massive growth in ransomware, and we've seen you know, the high-profile examples, for example, with the HSE over the last year or so. But that's only the tip of the iceberg in terms of Irish organisations of all shapes and sizes. In fact, about, about, about a year ago, I dealt with an organisation in, in the northwest of the country where they were the victim of a... They were, they were about a 100-person organisation, and they were a victim of a ransomware attack. And it was actually, as it turned out, quite a, a sophisticated ransomware attack. And it wasn't actually possible to get the data back. It wasn't even in that case possible to pay a ransom. Um, the, the availability to pay the ransom just didn't work. And as it turns out, they actually lost all their data and they were forced to shut down. So that's how impactful it can be for an organisation, um, the ransomware attacks. You can come in in the morning and all your data is gone. And something I'm increasingly hearing about from local business people here across the southeast is the increase in invoice redirect fraud. Provide us with an insight into that area and what's happening there. Yeah, and I think that's back to the points you made around people using personal emails and also having appropriate username and passwords and two-factor. So what's happening for many organisations is email accounts of their suppliers, for example, are being compromised. They then get an email from their supplier asking them to change the payment account for the account that they pay the money for the invoice into. And in many cases, they're, they're doing it without actually ringing the, t- the supplier to check is it in fact them because they're not the ones writing the emails. And there can be very, very sophisticated versions of that. In fact, you know, it's a funny one. I I did a piece of work about um, probably about six months ago for for an organization in the Midlands where their CFO, um, or their, sorry, their finance director director actually got an email from their CFO asking them to make a a funds transfer into an account in the UK of about 50,000 euros. Um, and as it turns out, the finance director didn't make the payments, although the email looked looked very, very, um, very, very real, and it was very, very effective in terms of uh, making making the statement. And the finance director was in fact asked, you know, why didn't you make the payment? And he said, well, that guy's never said please to me in his life. So it's the small <laughs> things in emails can catch you out, you know. So it's uh, so so I suppose the advice for SMEs. Absolutely, invest redirect is big, but be very careful about reading the emails when they're sent to you and don't do something you're not comfortable with. You have great insight into what's happening from an SME perspective out there when it comes to cybercrime. So what are some of the common problems and pitfalls that SMEs are falling into? I think very often, and often defending against cybercrime is very much about doing basic things well. 
So what do I mean by basic things? It's making sure your antivirus on your systems is up to date. So that's a challenge for many SMEs because in many cases they'll have outsourced the IT, the computer parts to a third party. So it's making sure that they're keeping the antivirus up to date, that when new patches, and we've all seen it at home when we get our computer and it's telling us they'd like to do a Windows update, you should do that Windows update because those updates actually protect you in many cases against cyber attacks. So that's a challenge. The biggest challenge, though, I think, for small businesses is knowing what's important in their organization from a cyber or data perspective. Is it your customer list? Is it your online website? Is it your strategic plans? Is it a process you use in terms of manufacturing? What is the key bits of data that you have that if they were lost or taken away or compromised would have the biggest impact on your organization? When you say cybercrime to people here in Ireland, the first thing they think about is the HSE attack that happened only a number of months ago. Is the government doing enough to protect itself? I think to be fair to the government, like most sort of governments internationally, they're, they're playing catch up a little bit in terms of the speed at which cyber attacks move um, and the speed at which you can put investment into it, I think is challenging. At the same time, I do think there's been good investment. The National Cyber um, Centre are, are, you know, are, are, are expanding, which I think would be very, very helpful. I think there's only so much a government can do as well. I think a lot of this is on the heads of business. In terms of managing their risk, you know, from a, you know, you talk about, you know, risk registers within organizations, top 10 risks. You know, if you don't have cyber in the top three risks in your organization, no matter what you're doing, I think you probably need to look at it because it is so, so pervasive. But from an from a government perspective, there's only so much you can do. I think there's good guidance, for example, for SMEs on the National Cyber Centre website. But ultimately, it's up to business how they manage these risks. And what are the impacts of cybercrime on a business? Yeah, there's obviously there's obviously the direct cost. There's obviously reputation. There's obviously loss of customers in many cases. So, are you if, if your organisation is a victim of cyber attack, or for example, it becomes public, I think you'll often find that customers. And we do we do see this all the time. Customers become reticent around dealing with the organisation. Um, I think you know another one that people don't really think about is the whole area of cyber insurance. Obviously, your cyber insurance premium has probably gone up, and more and more organisations are getting cyber insurance and should have cyber insurance. And then I suppose the other the other impact is 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 the impact on staff within an organization as well. You know, they're going to be concerned about sharing their personal data with the organization if it's felt they don't actually adequately protect it. And of course, Mike, this also has an effect on GDPR. Security security is is is, is a key part of the requirements around GDPR. Organizations need to keep the secure need to keep personal personally identifiable information secure. You know, if you have a data breach that involves personal data, not only will you have to deal directly with your customers, then you end up having to deal with the data protection regulator, potentially making a disclosure to them. But also, if you look at GDPR regulations, you potentially have to make disclosures individually to all your customers as well. So it can, there can be a lot of cost and headache associated, particularly with the loss of personal data. And finally, Mike, what are your top three tips to SME business owners listening this morning? I think probably my top three tips would be, would be the following. Understand what the most important bits of your data or your dependence IT is. is you know, what is it strategic plans? Is it your customer list? If that got out, would that be a big problem? What what would be the biggest issue if it got compromised? The second one is probably conversations with your IT provider. What are they doing from security perspective? Are they keeping the antivirus up to date? Are they applying security patches? And what else are they doing for you from a security perspective? And you, you'll end up in a, a probably a very valuable conversation with your IT provider then. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Mike Harris, partner with Grant Thornton. And I'd like to thank Mike for highlighting the importance of this major issue for Irish businesses. 
Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.